I'm Jasmine Moulton, and on this week's episode of Reality Check, I'm going to be answering the question, how socialist is Canada? In Canada, our political spectrum is shifting to the left, and this should worry anybody with even a basic understanding of history. Stephen Kotkin wrote in the Wall Street Journal that Communism killed 65 million people as a result of mass deportations, forced labor camps, and police state terror, but mostly from starvation as a result of its cruel projects of social engineering. But you'll rarely hear a leftist say that they want communism. More realistically, they'll say, no, 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 we want just democratic socialism like they have in the Scandinavian countries. The left now likes to use this term democratic socialism because it sounds a lot nicer. And although you might hear a lot of American politicians talking about it, like Bernie Sanders, AOC, don't go thinking it's not here in Canada yet either, because you'll find these exact words in the NDP's constitution. But here's the problem. Communism is an offshoot of socialism, and both of them share the same underlying philosophy. In fact, both share the following political beliefs, a rejection of capitalism, advocating for state control over the means of production instead of private ownership, and both seek greater equality in the distribution of income. So before we dive right in to answer the question, how socialist is Canada, we really need to get a definition down because as the Fraser Institute points out, the definition of socialism has really evolved over time. In a Toronto Sun opinion piece from the Fraser Institute, they write, Indeed, as communism proved an utter failure in the real world and broadly collapsed in the late 1980s and early 1990s, the meaning of socialism shifted to mean large-scale redistribution. In other words, socialists accepted that firms and industries could be privately owned, but that the benefits of markets should be harnessed for collective ends through higher taxes, much higher taxes, to finance higher levels of government spending. But am I just being alarmist? Are Canadian politics really shifting to the left? Yes, and here's proof. Former Liberal Prime Minister Jean Chrétien and current Liberal Prime Minister Justin Trudeau were elected 22 years apart. So Chrétien was elected in 1993, Trudeau was elected in 2015, and both were elected under the same Liberal Party of Canada banner, but they have vastly different policies. Chrétien, for example, focused on deficit reduction, debt repayment, and tax cuts, which the proof is in the pudding, they spurred economic growth. Whereas just over two decades later, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau ran massive deficits in good economic times, I might add, he added over $100 billion to Canada's national debt before the pandemic started. And of course, we all know what happened after the pandemic started. Yes, he tripped us over the $1 trillion debt mark and doubled the country's national debt. But don't take my word for it. Take a look at this chart, which shows the two Liberal Prime Ministers are at the total opposite ends of the spectrum when it comes to debt. So for those of you listening to the audio-only version, not watching on YouTube, this chart shows Prime Ministers that added to per-person debt in Canada over time, and it only looks at Prime Ministers that governed without a world war or an economic downturn. So of course, Trudeau's tenure is only covered on this chart up until 2019. So you can see quite a stark difference between Chrétien and Trudeau, both Liberal Prime Ministers in quite a close period of time. Trudeau added to the per-person debt by 5.6%, while Chrétien slayed that debt decrease the national debt per person by over 13%. So quite a stark difference as you can see. 
But racking up massive amounts of debt for Canadians is not the only thing that sets Prime Minister Justin Trudeau apart. Trudeau's made a lot of awkward comments admiring communist dictators over the years. Take a listen. There's a level of, of uh, admiration I actually have for China. Their you know, basic dictatorship is allowing them uh, to actually turn their economy around on a dime. On behalf of Sophie, our children, and myself, as well as all Canadians, I want to offer our deepest condolences on the death of Fidel Castro to the Castro family and to the people of Cuba. So from statements about China's basic dictatorship to compliments to Fidel Castro, this has a few Canadians scratching their heads about our current Prime Minister's views on socialism. Now, of course, our state broadcaster, the CBC, ran opinion pieces saying that Canadians shouldn't call our Prime Minister a socialist, but I digress. If you really need proof that the Canadian political spectrum is shifting to the left, look no further than when our current Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, back in 2015, when he was running in a federal election, he was not yet Prime Minister, made a pledge to outspend the typically socialist party in Canada, the NDP. At the time, the NDP's leader, Tom Mulcair, in a surprising move for the NDP, surprisingly responsible, promised to balance the budget for the following four years. Trudeau actually pounced on the NDP's promise and criticized them for austerity. So now essentially what we have is the typical centrist party, the Liberals under Justin Trudeau, leapfrogging the NDP, the typical socialist party in Canada, and therefore bringing the whole political spectrum in this country to the left. Now keep in mind, the NDP has typically been the furthest left mainstream political party in Canada. And the word socialism was part of the NDP's constitution until the party voted to remove it just less than 10 years ago in 2013. This is a party that literally still has a socialist caucus, okay? The NDP is supposed to be the furthest left political party mainstream political party in Canada. But now, of course, we have the Liberal Party fighting to out-socialist the socialists, but now they don't have to fight because, as anyone who's been observing Canadian politics will know, the two parties, the Liberals and the NDP, have essentially made a pact, a coalition, to support each other in Parliament and basically keep this minority government running until 2025. But while we're on this question of how socialist is Canada, it's worth examining quickly how many votes the NDP typically gets. In the last federal election, which was in 2021, the NDP received over 3 million votes, which is approximately 18% of the vote. But what I found even more interesting is that the Communist Party in Canada actually got 4,700 votes and the Marxist-Leninist Party got over 4,500 votes. So don't believe leftists when they tell you that nobody wants this Soviet-era communism because almost 10,000 Canadians voted for communism in the last election. All right, so let's get back to this question, how socialist is Canada? We've seen our political spectrum is moving to the left, but this doesn't answer the question. So how do we measure how socialist the country has actually become? Well, the McDonald laurier Institute put out a really cool graphic a few years back looking to answer this exact question. Now, as a caveat, this data was released before Justin Trudeau became prime minister. So take that with a grain of salt. That said, the McDonald laurier Institute found that the size of government in Canada was around 44%, but that's only when you look at government spending. And of course, the size of government, it gets a little complicated, but it's actually much bigger than that. So they point out that measuring the size of government really should include things like tax expenditures or price regulation, because 
For example, the price of supply management or the cost rather incurred by Canadians by our supply management program, which is obviously government run, could run around $600 per year, but that's not reflected in government spending. So you have to factor that in another way. So when you include all of these factors, a much more accurate representation of the size of government in Canada is 64% of GDP. In other words, the government controlled 64% of our economy. And keep in mind, that number's from before Trudeau took over. Now, why does size of government matter? Well, as the Fraser Institute reports, the size of government relative to a country's economy actually has an impact on economic growth and social progress. So the ideal size for government spending would be somewhere between 26 to 30% of GDP. As we pointed out at the beginning, before Trudeau came into office, Canada was around 44%. So already what we know, what we can conclude is that government in Canada is way too big already. I mean, think of all of the areas where the Canadian government interferes in the market. Obviously, Canada's socialized healthcare and education systems are top of mind because they're the most expensive items. But think of these other places where the government interferes. Nationalized childcare programs, provincial liquor boards and hydro corporations, Canada Post, the media, including our state-sponsored broadcaster, CBC, and of course, the media bailout of hundreds of millions of dollars. The Trans Mountain Pipeline, which Trudeau bought from Kinder Morgan for $4.5 billion back in 2018, Via Rail, auto sector bailouts, many of which have still not been repaid, and ongoing corporate welfare not only to the automotive sector, but to various favored companies in this country. And those were just a few literally off the top of my head that I thought of, but there are a lot more. So it's no wonder that when you start adding all of these things up, you start to realize how government quickly becomes 64% of our economy. Now, the OG socialists and communists like Karl Marx and probably anything you learned in Politics 101 is that true socialists want the means of production to be owned by the government or by the common people. But as you'll recall, commentators from the Fraser Institute noted that the technical meaning of socialism has evolved over time. And as they say, it now means large-scale redistribution instead of ownership over the means of production. So in other words, socialists have accepted that firms and industries should be privately owned, but that the benefits of markets should be harnessed for collective ends through higher taxes, much higher taxes, to finance higher levels of government spending. So if modern-day socialism really is marked now by redistribution of really high taxes, let's consider taxes in Canada for a moment. So the Fraser Institute does this really cool report every year called Tax Freedom Day. And what Tax Freedom Day is, is basically if you paid all of your taxes to every government in Canada upfront, so if you gave government every dollar you earned starting January 1st, how long would you have to work strictly for government, strictly to pay your taxes, until you could start retaining the money that you earned, until your entire tax bill was paid off. They found that for the average Canadian household, Tax Freedom Day this year fell on June 15th. That's nearly half the year that you spend working to pay your taxes. So they found that in 2022, the average Canadian family with two or more people will pay 45.2% of its annual income in taxes, including income taxes, payroll taxes, health taxes, sales taxes, property taxes, fuel taxes, carbon taxes, and more. 
And this was based on a total family income of just under 130,000 per year. But let's consider if you earn a million dollars, Six Buzz actually released an awesome video recently detailing how quickly socialism in Canada will erode those earnings. Take a look. This is what a million dollar salary looks like after taxes in Ontario, Canada. Gross annual income, $1 million. Federal tax deduction, $312,624. Provincial tax deduction, $194,282. Canada pension plan deduction, $2,681. Employment insurance, $730. Total tax, $510,317. Net income, $489,683. If you make a million dollars in Ontario, Canada, 51% will go towards income taxes. So as this video rightly points out, the top marginal tax rate in the province of Ontario, obviously you have to combine your top marginal tax rate in your province with the feds. So in Ontario, that amounts to about 54%. But sadly, what they forget to include in this video is that that's only the amount of tax taken off at the time of your paycheck. So there's a lot of other taxes you pay at the federal, provincial, and municipal level, none of which are included in here. So in reality in Ontario, if you're earning a million bucks, you're paying way more than 54% of that income in taxes. But at this point, it is really important to make a distinction that even though Canada has a ton of socialized programs and really high tax rates, Canada is still a privatized capitalist economy. Recall a true socialist economy would abolish private property and nationalize all industry. Canada isn't there, but one really worrying trend is increasing acceptance of socialism amongst our youth. As the Toronto Star reports, in a Canadian poll, Forum says 58% of respondents had positive views of socialism, whereas 55% of Americans have an unfavorable perspective. Those most likely to respond positively about socialism include people aged 18 to 44, women, the most educated, workers earning forty dollars to $80,000, and those living in the Atlantic provinces. I think now is the perfect time to drop a Tom Sowell quote, which is that socialism in general has a record of failure so blatant that only an intellectual could ignore or evade it. Because of course we see the most educated being the most in support of socialism in Canada. But let's move on. I thought it was also really interesting that on the other side of the political spectrum, four in 10 Canadians hold negative views about capitalism compared with just 33% in the United States. So to answer the question we started out with today, how socialist is Canada? The answer is Canada is not communist, but it's clear that the country's slipping closer and closer towards socialism and the inevitable social and economic malaise that has historically accompanied it. So where's our proof? Growth in the size of government, growth in the amount of taxation, growing government debt, and the growing cost of our socialized programs that perform worse and worse the more money we dump into them. So here's a reality check for those of you who have increasingly rosy views of socialism and negative views of capitalism in Canada. It's capitalism that pays for the programs that you enjoy. Canada is already spending beyond its means. Justin Trudeau has doubled the national debt and no amount of increased taxation is gonna get us out of this. We're already taxed at exorbitant rates in this country, nearing 50% for the average family. Even a brief look at history would show you how time and time again, socialism has failed everywhere it's been tried. But don't take it from me, take it from the Iron Lady. And socialist governments traditionally do make a financial mess. They always run out of other people's money. That's our show for this week. Thanks so much for listening. And don't forget to tune in next Wednesday to a new episode of Reality Check. 
And if you like the content that we put out here at True North, please consider making a donation. You can do so at donate.tnc.news. I'm Jasmine Moulton, and this has been Reality Check. <laughs>